So today's message is the light is life. And that is so true that, that Christ is the light that we need to grow and that we need to have this life that we live called Christianity. And so as we go through this, we're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 15. And we'll be there for a little while. So if you want to go ahead and look at Luke chapter 8, verse 15. And so we're going to find the story about this, this, this seed that's being planted. And we're going to get the tail end of this story because it leads into talking about light. So in verse 15 it says this, But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. And so these are key things that we need to do to become a good Christian. It's not just that we have to have a noble or kind of like a, a heart that says, hey, I want to do good and have a good heart. We have to do these other things that it talks about to really see God work in our hearts and our lives for us to really grow. We have to hear the word of God. We have to take it and listen to what the word of God says. And, you know, in marriage counseling, we often go through this talking about listening and how to listen to somebody. And there's often times especially us guys, we can pretend to listen, but we don't have any clue what's going on, right? And sometimes we can do that. And what we need to do is really listen to the Word of God, really take it in, not hear what we think we want to hear, but hear what it says, and then apply it to our life. And so so many times we, we don't really listen to what God says. We don't really listen to His words and really take it into our heart or in our life and listen to what His words say. And then the next step is we got to retain it we got to take it in and utilize it. It's not meant just to stay there. We have to put it to use. We have to be active with God's Word, using it and allowing it to work in our hearts and our lives and remembering it. So we have to retain it. And the best way for me to retain it is to make sure I put it to use. And it's active. That when I learn a lesson from God, when God's teaching me something, that I'm actually putting it to good use. And I'm actually, it's a part of my life. It's what I'm doing. It's how I'm growing in Christ. And I'm retaining it, taking it on, and moving it forward. And then the last thing is to persevere. Persevering produces fruit or produces a crop here. And so we need to be producers. We need to be ones that are persevering to make sure things happen. And I shared this at the first service. I'm going to share it again. My dad, we, we used to have this uh, a, a little stick that was stuck in the ground. And this girl, before we bought the house, would used to water this little stick that she stuck in the ground. And it somehow grew, started growing roots. And my dad would come by and just mow it down. And it would keep springing up. And he would mow it down and he would spring it up. And it would continue to grow. And it persevered. It kept growing. And so through that, uh, it's a tree. And in my, if you go to my mom's house, there's a tree that's tall, that's growing, that, that kept being mowed down, but it persevered. And so it makes me think of, of this statement. And it's something we all need to consider. This is from the Moody Bible Institute, a monthly magazine that was put out. Plant a tree and it, it begins to grow. Set a post and it begins to decay. The question here for all of us is this, which are you, the tree or the post? Am I just here and I'm, I'm decaying or am I alive, growing and producing and making things happen for the name of Jesus Christ? And so when Jesus is sharing this story about this parable about the seeds and the seed that took it in and listened to it as he's explaining this to the disciples as he's saying that, hey, you've got to persevere. 
you've got to listen to what I say, and you've got to take it and apply it to your life, and then things are going to happen. But you have to persevere. I love that. We need to understand as Christians that perseverance is a big part of what we do and how we live our lives. That when things come our way, we don't get discouraged and we don't stop and say, I quit or I give up. We got to continue to persevere and work through those things because it's through that perseverance that really produces a crop. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a terrible gardener. I can't do it at all. I'm scared to even, even, even try that. I'm, I'm killing plants right now that are in our garage, and I'm trying to protect them. I'm trying to water them, but I'm still, they're dying on me. <laughs> but you can't stop. And I think about that like Stephen ministers and Stephen leaders here at our church. And if you've done ministry, sometimes it seems like you're not getting anywhere. When you're trying to disciple somebody, you're trying to help somebody grow in their walk, and you're trying to encourage them, and sometimes you don't see the fruit of that. But you've got to persevere because one day you may see something happen. And so we are called to persevere. We're called to keep going. We're called to keep discipling others. We're called to just be like that stick in my, my front yard at my mom's house. And no matter how many times you get mowed down, you're going to keep persevering because you're called to grow and you need to produce. And so let us think about that and hold on to these things that we need to hear God's word, really listen to what God has to say. And that we're taking it in and applying it to our life. We're retaining it by putting it into practice. And then we persevere so we can produce. Because God wants us to produce a crop. Now here's the interesting thing. Sometimes in our Bibles, we kind of get used to these headings in our Bibles. I'm not saying it's a bad thing because it's a good thing. It helps us because when we skim down, we're like, oh, that's the part I'm looking for. But sometimes we separate it, and it was never really meant to be separated because Jesus didn't just stop talking and say, well, come back to me tomorrow, and I'll finish the rest of the story. He was continually to talk, and sometimes we separate these stories too much because it leads right into this. In verse 16, he begins about light. He says, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar of clay or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on its lampstand and so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out in the open. And so here he's talking about the seed and then he goes on to talking about light and how we should be light and how we should not be concealed or hiding away, but really being a light to make an impact in people's lives. See, we need to be a part of people's lives. And I know COVID has made it really kind of hard, but we still need to be around people and care for people and show them who we are in the workplace or wherever we go to have fun or whatever we do. We need to show that we are light, that we're salt of the earth. We are the ones that are called to be light. We're the ones that are called to shine and let people see what we're made of in Christ Jesus. Not that we are something, but he is something in us. And so the more we allow God's light, and think about this, and I didn't even share this at the beginning, but think about photosynthesis. I, didn't, I don't even know if I say that right, photosynthesis, right? It's kind of one of those words, you're like, you say it, you're not sure what you're saying, and you're not sure if it's right. But photo means light. And synthesis means actually bringing together and coming together. And so a plant takes in the light of the sun, and it absorbs that light, and it creates energy. From that, it's like the first solar panel. It really creates energy for itself that it can flourish and, and grow and become healthy and produce fruit. Well, we need to take God's light into us and take His 
knowledge and his goodness and his love for us and all the things that we learn from him and grow in and persevere through that so that we can grow, so we can become what we need to be for Christ, to be that light, to be to shine, to produce. So we need to let our light shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to... Well, well, stop there. I already, when I started that last part, I just went up and down. <laughs> I, can't, I can't hold a tune. <laughs> I, can't, I can't clap very well either, but anyhow, that's not the, not the point. Anyhow, let our light shine. We need to be the light. We need to be the example. We need to show others what Christ is about to let our light shine. Verse 33, it says this, and this is interesting because just a few chapters later, Jesus re-instills this in him. So it's not like he just shares this once. In the Gospel of Luke here, we have two separate times he shares about this light. And he shares about it almost identical, but maybe in a different way. But I find it interesting that he's reiterating his point. So just a few chapters over in Luke chapter 11, verse 33, it says this. No one lights a lamp and puts it in the place where it is hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eyes, your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is also is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. See to it then that the light that is within you is not darkness. See, so if, if I want to be healthy... If I want to live a healthy life in Christ, I need to get closer to Jesus. I need to allow him to be my source. I don't need to follow other people. I don't need to look at other people and and find satisfaction in other things or other things of this world. I need to look at Christ because he is the one that makes me spiritually healthy. When I look at Christ and I take Christ into my life and I let his light shine in me, then I become spiritually healthy and I become a stronger light. I become full of light. We should get to the point where we want to be light so much that we want to be like the moon. Isn't it interesting that the moon, I love the, about the thing about the moon, that when, it's, when you see a full moon, there's no light in the moon. But it is, a, it is a beacon. It is a mirror. It is, it is showing us a reflection of the sun. And so we see this beautiful light out of the dark sky, and we see this beautiful light shining back on us. And it's nothing inside that that moon that makes it shine. It is the sun beaming onto the moon. That's what we should be like. We should be so healthy that we're letting our light shine and no darkness inside of us. In other words, there should be no sin inside of us. And we should say, Lord, if there is sin in me, forgive me of my sin. I want to be full of light. I want to shine. And I want to be a reflection of you. Moses, when he came down from the mountain, the experience that he had with God was so radiant that people were scared because they, they saw that he was radiant because he was close to God. We should want that too, that people see in us We can't help it. If you're close to God, you can't help but ooze out the light. The light will shine in you and you'll be healthy the more closer you walk with Christ. The more closer we go towards the light, we will be healthy. And God will continue to help us grow. Now we're going to move to 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 3 verse 1. And we're going to stay here for a little bit. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. 
says, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, so that there, so you were not yet ready, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready for it. You are still worldly. And so here's the, here's the thing that Paul moves into. As he talks about this, and he talks about the seeds, and he talks about building something, and he talks about growing, the first thing he talks about is this church in Corinth was not able to take solid food because they were kind of like in most of these cities that Paul ministered to, they were kind of like this port where they had all these other influences, they had all these other religions, they had all these other things that everybody else was following, and they were captivated by these other things. And Paul is saying, I couldn't give you much of Christianity in the sense of teaching you too many things because you were not ready to receive them yet. You were still drinking milk. I was just giving you the basics of our faith. I was just sharing you the fundamentals of our faith. I couldn't give you solid food. And see, the thing for us is that we don't want to just stay in just an infant state. We don't want to just stay and just be a baby Christian uh, for 20 years or however long. We want to continue to grow. We want to be a tree that lasts. We want to be a tree that continues to grow. We don't want to just be a, a, a stick that's stuck in the mud and just staying there. We want to continue to grow. And no matter how many times we get cut down, we want to continue to thrive. We want to continue to produce. And so, are you hungry? Are you wanting something more of substance in your life? Do you want to continue to just be the basics or have the basics? Do you want us to be worldly in your thinking? Because God wants us to grow. God wants us to take on the meat of our faith. To understand that there is going to be times where it's not going to be easy to be a Christian. It's not going to be easy to take a stand for Jesus Christ. There are going to be times that no matter how much the darkness of the world can come around you and kind of smother you out, that you're going to be called to stand and be the light on the lampstand. And so let us move to solid food. Let us, let us be hungry to say, hey, I want to grow in my faith. I don't want to just drink milk. I want to get some meat. I want some, to, to really have some substance about my faith. And he goes on in verse 3, he says, For since the, there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For one says, I follow Paul. And another one, I follow Apollos. Are you not mere human beings? And so the point I want to come across is don't follow mere humans. And this is so important for us to understand. We don't follow just Pastor Mark. Uh, hopefully you don't follow just me. Hopefully you don't follow anybody here. Trisha is a great person. She's awesome. She always brings a smile to everybody's face when they come and see her, right? But we don't follow somebody like Trisha. We don't follow the presidents that we have in the sense that we put them up on a pedestal and they're not our God. They're not our Savior. Jesus Christ is our Savior. He's the one we should follow. And so Paul is saying, I, I have come and I've done ministry in your life and, and I've done some good things here, but I'm just a man. Apollos, another great leader, has come and done some really great things, but he's just a man. Are you not just following mere humans? Are you not just mere human in your thinking? Are you supposed to be looking to Christ? We're supposed to be looking to Jesus Christ and following him and seeking him. Don't be... Don't follow mere humans. 
We're not here to just follow a man or a woman. We're here to follow Jesus Christ. And so no matter what happens, whether we have a good leader or a bad leader, whether we have a, a leader that we have great confidence in and something happens and that confidence is faded and it crushes us and it hurts our feelings in some way, we still look to Christ because he is the author of our faith. He is the perfecter. We don't follow Paul. We don't follow. Isn't it great that Paul, with his wisdom, he could have been flattered by this? Well, that's so great that people want to cheer and have a cheering session, but he understood the importance of this to stomp this out right away. You're not just following me. You should be following Christ. Here's what it says in Psalm 105. We're going to stay in Corinthians, but I just want to share this. It's just a reminder. 119 and 105 is the verse. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. See, we don't look to anybody else but God. He's the one that lights our path. He's the one we go towards. We, we need to walk in his light and allow him to direct our steps. It makes me think, I was so confused about this message because I was wanting to go sanctity of life route. And God was like, no, I want you to speak on this. And I was like, well, God, I really want to speak on this. But he was like, no, I want you to share this today. And that's what we need to do because my opinion, your opinion doesn't matter. What God is, is what God says and what God calls us to do. And we need to be obedient to him and what he calls us to. In verse 5 it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, what after all of this is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants. Only servants. Through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each has his task. I planted seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Just, just wonderful, wonderful thought process here that Paul has to understand that each one of us have been given a task. Pastor Mark has been given a task. I've been given a task. All of you have been given a task. And it's our job to do the responsibility that God has given us. And it's up to us to follow what God has called us to do and do what God has given us the opportunity to do. But it's God. It's God who makes it grow. It's God who does this amazing thing of growing and making things grow. God makes things grow. And we need to always remember that, always keep that in the back of our mind, that God is the one that is increasing the growth, and God is the one that makes things happen. And so our eyes can't be just on a person or a thing or worldly possessions. It has to be centered upon Christ as our foundation. Moving on, verse 8, it says, The one who plants, the one who waters, has one purpose, and they will each be rewarded to their own labor. For we are co-laborers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. Now, I have to laugh at this kind of chuckle a little bit because of this last point. Uh, Isaiah was sitting next to me, or in the, we were sitting in the couch together in the family room, and I was working on my message, and he saw me have an exclamation point on one, and he was like, Dad, I think you really need to have an exclamation point on this next uh, statement. So, for we are co-workers. So, I have an exclamation point on this one because it's important, and he wanted me to get that across today. 
But it is so important. Do you realize that it's, it's us working together to accomplish things? It's us as a body of believers working together to accomplish the most good, that we can produce the most fruit for Christ, that we want to reach those that are lost, that we want to be that tree that stands out, that people can see that they can find shelter through Christ in us, that they can see that God loves them. That we can be that strong tower, that, that shelter that they can come to, that they see that we're producing, that we're growing. And it's not just one of us, it's not just a few of us, it's a body of believers that come together that believe the same thing and want to do the same thing because our eyes are focused on Christ. And we're looking to Him. And we're going after and pursuing the things of God. We're all co workers. Verse 10, by they the foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building onto it. But each one should build with care for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that's Jesus Christ. The biggest thing is we need to build with care. We need to care about what we're doing. We need to, to really think about what we're doing why we're doing it, how we're doing it, the, the purpose in it. A lot of times I think we go about life and it's just kind of, we, we think too much about the present, like what's happening to me right this moment, instead of thinking about what is the future for Porterfield. And it goes, makes me think back to the first Sunday school class that started this church and helped the, to get this church going off the ground, that they met in a, just a basement as a Sunday school class and had a vision and a heart to see God do something great in this community. And that despite the fire, despite all these things that have happened, God is doing something, has been doing something through the life of the people that are here because they're faithful to Christ. They want to grow. They want to grow in their relationship with God. They don't want to just be satisfied with the milk. They want to be having solid food to continue to grow, to make the difference, to be that strong tree or that strong plant to produce fruit. And so we want to continue that mission we want to build with care. We want to think about the future. We want to think about the, the foundation that we can build for our young people and all those that we care about, our kids, our children, our grandkids. What can we do to set them up for success? What can we do to help build their faith? What can we do to help them continue to go beyond us? So many times we think of the short time span, but what we need to think about is longevity and how we can continue to make a difference in somebody's life that it'll carry over for eternity. Verse 12, if anyone builds on the foundation using gold, uh, anyone builds on the foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be only one escaping through the flames, as one escaping through the flames. And I want to share this. I'm not sure who wrote this, but it's a little poem here. It's, it's just part of the poem. It says, we are all blind until we see that in the human plan, nothing is worth building that doesn't build the man. 
That is so true. I mean, we're so blessed here. You know, I, I came shortly after the fire when we were meeting out at WP, and I was here as the interim youth pastor for a while before uh, the church decided to hire me on as full-time youth pastor. The church has, has, has been blessed. I mean, we have a great facility here. We have a great property. I, I think it's, it's beautiful and it's awesome, but do you realize this is not what it's about? That while we're blessed with this, this is just a tool that God is using. What really matters is the people that we're developing, the people that we're helping grow in their faith, that we want them to be strong trees too. We want them to be a strong plant that they will go on and produce. Really, it's building each other up and it's helping each other grow stronger and those out there in the world and our community to help them grow in their faith so they can continue to reach people for the gospel of Jesus Christ and continue to help them grow in their faith. Building somebody, helping them grow is what's important. And what Paul is talking about throughout this scripture here, he's talking about the fact that, that you can do all these, these crazy things and you can have all these, these things happen. He's kind of referring to the silver and gold and all these other things, but, but it'll be tested. We'll see on the day what work has been done to really be effective for the name of Jesus Christ. It'll all be taken away and God will see what was really done or God already knows what's really done, but it will be revealed. As the passage we just read, nothing will be concealed. Nothing will be hidden. God sees openly what's happening now. So again, he says, if anyone builds on the foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. And we get to our last point here. Because the day will bring it to light. See, the day will bring it to light. Someday, we're going to stand. And it's not that we're going to be judged because we have Christ in the sense that if I have Jesus Christ as my Savior, then I'm, I'm saved in, in all the things I've ever done. But, but we are going to be looked at as far as the things we've done with our life. And I want to make a difference. And I think a lot of people want to make a difference. I think there's a lot of people that really want to shine for Christ that it goes back to what Jesus says in the first scripture I shared today in Luke chapter eight. Are we coming with a heart that is open to God? Do we wanna do the right thing? And are we taking God's word and applying it to our life? Are we listening to what it says? Are we kind of just forming our own opinions about what it says and we're like, ah, I've already read that. I already know what that says. Are we really taking it and listening to what it says? Because there's so many times in my life and on my journey of life that the same scripture spoke to me differently as a young boy and it spoke to me differently as a teenager and it spoke to me in a different way as an adult because God's word is living. God's word is alive. And so as I listen to God's word and I start retaining it by putting it into practice as I start you know, digesting God's word, I start growing. 
And then there's times in my life where I've been like that, that stick in my ground that, that just the mower kept just, you know, just coming along and just tearing it all up and it was gone. And then it would hopefully come and then God would kind of continue to strengthen me and help me. And I would continue to grow and I'd kind of branch out and continue to grow for Christ. And hopefully someday I'll be like that tree in my mom's yard where it stands tall and it stands strong and it's above the house because it didn't give up. It persevered. We need to persevere. We need to keep going. It makes me think of this statement by Elizabeth Preston. She wrote this. She's a songwriter and she wrote this quote. God never places us in any position where we cannot grow. Wow, it makes me think of that stick in the ground. It was just a stick. When we are not seeding branch or sending branches upward, we may be sending roots downward. When everything seems like a failure, we may be making the biggest kind of progress. And that is so true. We have to persevere. We as the church has to persevere. We can't follow people. We've got to follow Christ. We've got to look at what we're building and what we're growing and contend to it and care for it and help it continue to grow. We have to continue to support ministries that care for our children and continue to help them grow in their faith because we need to teach them how to live their life. We can't let the world teach them how to live. We have to teach them. We want to produce. This church has had a great history of producing. Let us continue to produce. Let us continue to do the most good by standing tall for Christ, being that shining light. So many times we get caught up in in trying to make a statement on Facebook when we need to be with people and around people and really show them how to live. You can say one statement, but that's not everything about you, and it's not everything that represents Christ, and it's not everything that will help people to grow in Christ. What they need is people around them to teach them, to show them the way. I remember working at McDonald's, of all places, one of my first jobs And I remember working that job and it seemed so weird because I was in an environment that had a lot of great, you know, a lot of great people, but they just acted differently. They talked differently. They used, you know, you know, different ways of joking and things. And that, that wasn't me. And I just tried to be steady. I tried to be who I was in Christ. And it was interesting because people started coming to me about their problems and sharing things because they knew that there was something different about it. It wasn't me, it was Jesus in me. And so God can use you wherever you're at to be a light, to be that tree that produces so people can see Christ. As we get ready to close, I'm gonna close with a prayer and we're gonna have an invitation, but I just wanna invite you to be thinking about how you're growing how your faith is growing in Christ. Are you doing these things that we talked about today and are you allowing Christ to go in your heart and go in your life and let you become this powerful tree that produces? It's not easy. It's not easy. But it's worth it. Each life we impact, each person we we make a difference in, 
is worth it. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for all that you do. I thank you for being with me and helping me grow. And Lord, I thank you for Paul and, and just his ministry because he wasn't concerned about a statue or an image of himself because he knew you were the most important thing. And even as I think about you, Lord, you didn't come here upon the earth to say, hey, I want statues all over the world and and, and make them in my image. We don't even know exactly what you look like, Lord. All the posters, all the pictures we have, they're probably not anything like what you actually look like. Because you didn't come for that. You came to serve. You came because you knew there was a greater kingdom than this earth has to offer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for for coming and showing us the way and and help us that your seed will will land in our hearts that will have this good heart that you talk about that wants to do the right thing with nobility and that we'll take it in and we'll take your words and, and listen to them, actually listen to what you say and then we'll retain it And then we'll persevere so that we can produce. Thank you for your light. Thank you for your light that shines. And we pray that we can be a reflection like the moon, that we can reflect your light to everyone around us and that they can see our growth. And Lord, it's not about people. We are working on this together. We are co-laborers. Lord, help us as we build it, build it with care, that we take and and put our hearts around it, we support it, we encourage the growth that's there, and we think about the future of how we can make it better, and that we can build up another generation that will come and serve you and follow you until you come yourself and call your church home. Thank you for all the blessings you give us and how you bless this local body of believers. In your wonderful name I pray, Jesus. Amen.